All right. Hey, we are talking about how uh, to make your church better. Okay. At the first impression business. Now we're all in the first impression business. Every one of us goes to places. We go to restaurants, we go to car dealerships, we go to a park, we go to a different city. We go, oh, that's kind of cool. You might've actually driven through a, a town somewhere and you go, wow, that's kind of a neat town. And I might like to live there or visit there again or vacation there. Something triggered that first impression. And in our churches, we have that same thing. There are things that trigger first impressions. Now, the flip side of the coin here is you might have gone to a place and got the first impression the wrong way. In other words, first impression is a double-edged sword. It can really uh, take you either direction. And so we want to talk about how to make a great first impression and how to make it quickly, okay? And uh, it's uh, this idea here is to impact fast and influence better is really what we want to do. Now, I'll put a few things on the screen. I'll be kind of talking through them. Just have a few simple words uh, for you to kind of see here. And if you're a note taker, Make sure you grab a little piece of paper and write a couple things down. Um, some of this will be helpful. And everything that I'm teaching here really needs to be kind of taught to your people and trained to your people. So we'll uh, leave it kind of at that. I don't have a, an official handout for you, uh, but I do have some uh, just important things. I'm going to give you kind of a two-word uh, thing that is sort of the the, the root of, of everything that we're doing here. And then we're going to, I'm going to give you some real practical stuff up front. I got a whole bunch of things sitting here uh, for demonstrations I'm going to show you uh, that you're really going to like. And then at the end, I'm going to kind of give you sort of the, the secret thing that really kind of is your best tool for first impression. There's one thing, and you'll probably pick this up as I'm going through here because it's so obvious. Uh, there's one thing that makes a better first impression than really anything else, okay? And we'll we'll get to that uh, in just a little bit. So uh, the two-word thing really comes from this little statement I learned long ago. And this says, uh, let me make sure this microphone's on the way so you can see that there. Um, what is important to you is important to me. And this is sort of a very, very uh, basic concept that needs to happen. And all of us pastors and ministry leaders need to look out and kind of go, you know, that things that are important to other people become important to me. This is the idea of caring one for another, loving one for another, and, and they will know we're Christians by our love, you know, that kind of concept. We want to make sure that we have this, this outward forward-looking uh, thought. And so here's the two words that, that I have here, okay? The two-word answer is what I call conscientious forethought. Is If you are going to make an excellent first impression, and by the way, you need to, okay? We cannot afford to have people visit our church once and go, that was boring, that was terrible, I'm not coming back, you know, that was just like when I grew up, blah, 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 and they're out of here. Folks, we have to change the world. We have a responsibility in our little local community to touch the world and actually change it. Okay, go into all the world, make disciples. That's a that's a commandment. That's an imperative. That's a go get them. And we are supposed to do that. And when they come into our assembly, and whether it's a Bible study or a Sunday night or revival meeting or whatever, all of these kind of uh, kind of apply here. They will return if we have been doing some thinking ahead in some ways. Perhaps you have been to places where they don't have the, the forethought, and you, they, you have no idea. I was at a church not all that long ago, 
and they had a certain sequence of things that they did every Sunday morning, apparently, because it was all real clear to everybody else, but it wasn't clear to me. Okay. And they had a time when they stood up and they had a time when they sat down, they had a time when they recited something. And then they had a time when they didn't recite something. And they had times when they sang and they had times when they stood and down and, and the pastor or the leader uh, would go up and stand in certain places at certain times. And I was just kind of like, uh, I'm hanging in here. Okay. But it was extremely awkward. And we need to make sure that we are who have this forethought that we're letting people know, and we'll get into some of that, but we, the leaders, are making them comfortable. Now, I know that church is not a place, and lots of times I hear this, well, they don't come to church to get comfortable. We're supposed to make them uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, with the, with the preaching and conviction and let the Holy Spirit make them uncomfortable. But if they're dying of thirst, they have no idea what they're doing, and they're supposed to be standing up when they're sitting down. They're sitting down when they're standing up, and, you know, uh, th th things are awkward. That's not a good first impression. And that's not going to help. Let's make sure that we work through some of these practical things. So what I'm going to do is give you a couple of real practical things. We'll kind of buzz through some of this. And uh, it, these are what I call impactors. They're just kind of things that sort of make it happen, okay? Uh, what, we're going to talk about what we call informationals. We're going to talk about uh, in, informed people are happy people, okay? Let's all say that together. Informed people are happy people. And we're going to talk about giving information. If you've ever kind of been in the dark and you don't know what you're doing or whatever, man, that is an extremely frustrating type of thing. So we're going to talk about informationals. We're going to talk about the atmospherics, okay? That's what I call it. The, what's going on? What's this church smell like? What's the feeling? What's the aroma of the church? And then we're going to talk about what I call personics, okay? And this is just the idea of the human needs that are there that a person has for just basic comfort. I mean, you know, like let's talk about heating and air conditioning and some of that. So let's uh, let's just jump into some of these things real quick. Uh, we'll talk about informationals. The first one here uh, is what we call advertising. Now, advertising is really important because it really is the first impression that your church has before they come and get the first impression in person. But it is the tenor or the flavor of the church that is put out there. And you can do a lot of this with advertising. Okay, we're making sure that, and, and advertising would be like when they drive by your building, it looks clean. When they drive by, your bushes are trimmed, your grass is cut, your signage is clear. All of those kind of things would be there. We also have a way of making a first impression now, and almost everybody will come to your church online before they come to your church in person. Let me say that again. Online proceeds in person, and you, your website needs to be clean and crisp and have the right information. It can't have old information. Um, we recommend, and we actually do digital assessments for churches and help them out. That's a whole other uh, thing if you're interested didn't that give me a holler. It's a product that we do. We sit down and go through your Google and your Facebook and your website and your email strategy, the whole works. Uh, it's a consulting type product that we have. But people coming to your church, they're going to visit online and the website will be that first impression. And I was just with the church not too long ago, did some training and their website, the home picture of it showed like their auditorium and, and kind of the, the stage, which is, it's, it's an okay picture. We really think that your website, the, the main picture above the fold, they call it, 
It needs to be a photograph of your church as seen from the road. So if you're trying to reach new people, when they drive up, they go, oh, that's it. They recognize it. But this one had the church uh, uh, pulpit there, which the idea of promoting the preaching and teaching, that's a good idea. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But there was also clutter all over the stage. And it, it was just a very, and I'm sure that clutter was important to somebody. Okay. And I'm sure the singing people had stacks of music there and folding chairs against the wall or whatever, but it was not a good first impression. And people that visited the church would see that first. And that would be the wrong kind of, of uh, this, what we call advertising. They're going to see it, your website advertise, your Facebook page advertise, and any type of promotion that you send out through email where you're pushing things out. That's all advertising. And you need to think about all that for your, for your first impression. Now, the second one here is just plain old signage. Okay. And this is where people can find your church. They can get to it, that kind of signage. And then also once they're in your building, they can find their way around the building if there is a need for them to go to different places. A lot of smaller churches, storefront, you're right there. Everything's right there. Not art. But a bigger church or a bigger building sometimes, uh, you know, it's like the kids program is down the hall and around a corner and back over that way. And there should be some signs that say that. There's signs definitely for the bathrooms. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, the emergency exit and all that kind of legal stuff you should have. But your signage should also be good on the outside. Um, many of our churches today uh, put up some type of portable signage outside. We recommend that. We have a sign that sits, uh, uh, we set up every uh, Saturday morning or Friday night, uh, kind of late. We put it down there in a very important corner in our church or in our community. And it says Sinclair Baptist, five miles ahead. And uh, a lot of people now call us the five mile church, okay? Because <laughs> they see that sign up there. And we've had that sign there for years since we started. We put that sign up and uh, people know where we're at. And then once they get off at Sinclair, there's another sign that says Sinclair straight ahead. And then once you get a little bit closer to the church, you can see the actual signage right there. And all of those signs, we put orange cones next to them. So people see the cone and then they see the cone and then they see the cone and then they see the church. Okay, so it really helps them. I was visiting a church in Denver once. I was actually had a drive down there, very unusual. I had a drive down there for a Sunday afternoon funeral at like one o'clock. It was like, what a weird time for a funeral. So I had to be down in the area. I thought, well, I'm going to go by a couple of these churches I heard about. And I went and I saw the sign for it. They had a sign on a corner that says such and such church that way. And I turned and it was in those big old suburbs where the streets go all over the place. I, had, I never found it. I mean, it just kept driving. It's just like it wasn't there. I saw another sign. It said church over yonder. Another sign, another sign, another sign. I went to that one. Went into a, It was in a high school, you know, kind of a startup church of some sort. And uh, I found I found that one. But I never could find the one because the signage was poor. And that is a bad first impression, okay, uh, when, they, when they can't find you for sure. So making sure your internal and external signage uh, is, is good is very important. Uh, also, displayers, okay. Uh, displayers is an interesting word. I kind of made it up. I, it's just things that are out there that you are using for displaying stuff within your church. And there's so many things you can do. And I grabbed a couple uh, examples here. Um, there are some things that you can have in your church that are uh, uh, like the little things that we have. At a, I got one right here. Ah, to knock everything over. This is like a little plastic thing at a at a at a restaurant. Okay, you see. 
and you can have a little thing in here, and then you can have a little sign that says, come to our kids program, and here is the little brochure that just kind of sits there. You kind of see how that is sideways, okay? So that's a displayer. You can pick up some of these things pretty uh, pretty inexpensive. Here's a you know another one I have, full-size one that you put special events on. One of my favorite ones is these things like this. You go to Walmart and you pick these things up. I found this one in our church here, and I'm not sure where it actually came from. It hasn't been, been used yet, but I was looking around because like, oh, I know we do this all the time. I want to show you. So like here is one from our, this is just like a $9 thing uh, from Walmart. And what it is, is we had a baby dedication. So here's a family, here's a family, uh, here's family, grandparents, uh, some verses and stuff that we had on the kids. And this was done. So then we took these pictures and then we put it on like a tripod. And then after the, the next couple of weeks, it said baby dedication and, and who all was there. We left those things up and people saw these relevant things. The thing with displayers that you want to make sure you have is make sure that you put things in there that are new, that are relevant, that are ready to go. Because your church doesn't want to be viewed as boring. Your first impression needs to be that you are relevant. Let me give you another example on the relevancy. I was uh, uh, down in uh, Arizona. My wife and I were coming through uh, way up north, uh, Flagstaff. We're going through Flagstaff, and uh, we're kind of getting out in the suburbs of Flagstaff and getting ready to head out into uh, towards Wyoming, that direction. And we get uh, out there, and there's a sign that said garage sale. Okay, well, even though we're on the road, we are still faithful garage sale people. And it was just like a piece of cardboard up there that said garage sale. And, you know, we turned, went to another, and garage sale, garage sale, garage sale. We found it. Now, the garage sale sign was made on a piece of, you know, you probably seen just, you know, a piece of cardboard. And it was taped with duct tape on a, on a signpost. But even though it wasn't a good sign, it carried relevance with it. Okay. Sometimes relevance is far more important than excellence. In fact, in our day and age, if you are relevant, okay, that is more important than being perfectly excellent. I'll give you the example that you all know. It's called YouTube. Okay. You can go on YouTube and you can see pictures. They're the lousiest photographs you ever saw, but it's somebody's cat or someone falling in a hole or someone trying to skateboard. It's the silliest stuff. And some of it's like policemen stopping people and it's all relevant and it's done with a shaky old camera and all that. But because it's relevant, it touches people and, and they are moved to do whatever uh, they are do. If it's cat pictures, I'm not sure what you're motivated to do with a cat picture, um, but there are some pretty funny ones, I got to say. So relevance is more important. So making sure that you are doing things that are relevant. And so your displayers that you set up, they can be like brochures. Like for example, this is our kids program brochure. Uh, it's several years old. We use it all the time. It's sort of made in a brochure format um, so that you can, uh, uh, you know, see where, where to go in the building and some of that. It's, it's just real simple. But it's got some great, but but we keep it out there where people can find it. And when people show up with children, we hand it to them or they find it in one of these little racks because it's relevant. They find it. But you can have things that just say Bible study tonight, six o'clock, and put it in one of those little things. And that will let people, there's an impression there. They go, wow, first impression, okay? There's a Bible study at six tonight. That sign was made. They just made that a few minutes ago. I mean, that sign is, it was just made. I mean, and so it's like they're on top of things. That's why your website needs to make sure 
you're on top of things and what, don't put all sorts of things on there and then not change it on your website and have stuff from last Christmas uh, on your on your website. So uh, this is the idea of displayers. One more on informationals, and this is what I call hand stuff. It's things that you put in people's hands. Now, I grabbed a whole pile of things here that I, I wanted to show you. We have every, every single Sunday uh, that you come here, okay, you get a set of sermon notes, okay? These are the sermon notes. It's not a bulletin, okay? Uh, there's stuff on the inside. That's okay. We have some announcements and all that. But the most important thing is for you to connect with God. And so we have sermon notes and follow-up questions from the sermon right there. Inside that, there's also the connection card that we talked about. If you want to learn more about that, uh, go to reachkeep.com and look at the top and you'll be able to sign up for the connection card uh, uh, training that we're doing here in about a month from now. Okay, so um, this is something, but it puts something in their hands. Have you ever been to like a funeral or something and they hand you the little the little thing and it talks about the deceased and it's kind of a, you know, you're, you're flipping through, but it, you know, you're waiting. And by the time you're done, you flip through, you've read every name of every person. You've read the poem four or five times. You've, you've looked at it all. You've looked for typos. You look for everything else because people just like to have something in their hand. They want to kind of look at things. And this fills this need for information. Now, there are many other informational things that you can do. And these are things that you can hand out to people, not necessarily during the service, but they can be after the service because the first impression last well after the service. So we have like a little card here. This one just says, come and see. This is like a invitation to come to our church and it's got the information on the back. So lots of times after church, when people leave, we try to give, we have what we call de-greeters. Okay. We have greeters that greet them coming in. We have de-greeters as they go out and we try to hand people something as much as possible every week, try to put something in their hand and that will help. So that's just a, a, a simple thing here. If you don't have a card like that, that says, come and see, you can just grab your business card. This is the pastor's business card from our church. And you can just say, Hey, I want to get, when you leave today, I want everybody to get a card because I want you to know my phone number and address because informed people are happy people. And you just give a card. And then you say, and by the way, if you know somebody that needs to, some counseling or some help, give them my card. Okay. So what you're doing is you're doing something that is relevant. Um, we've done all sorts of different things. Like here's a brochure for our day camp program. Uh, and when everybody leaves today, we're going to give you a brochure for our day camp. We want to make sure you, um, you may not have kids, but you might know some kids. And so you can invite them to come to our program. Um, here's a particular uh, thing that we do regularly daily bread. I know there's lots of different types of this that you can get from uh, different denominational sources or whatever, but we get these for free. And so every three months or so, I was like, don't forget to get your daily bread. And you wouldn't believe how many people read the daily bread and talk about it. When we talk about private devotions, a lot of people say, well, I was reading the daily bread today. Uh, another thing you can hand out. In fact, uh, Tim might actually be here online. I can't quite see. This is a prayer card for a missionary, okay? Uh, a friend of mine's got his all his data right there. And if you want to get in touch with him, uh, we're going to hand out a prayer card for our missionary. When you leave the service today, make sure you take this home and put this on your refrigerator and be praying for the work there in Romania. God bless these folks as they work overseas and all the difficult stuff. So you'll get one of these when you go home today. That's real simple stuff. 
putting things in people's hands. Um, additional Bible study notes, okay? This was something from a, a study we did. So when you leave today, we got a little uh, some additional notes. And if you want to do those and then show up at our midweek service, we're going to be discussing some of those questions. And then my favorite is uh, give them something that's a little bit above and beyond. <laughs> Here we go. $100 bills, okay? Um, <clears throat> this is actually a gospel track. It has a uh, some gospel stuff in here. And we did a thing once where we got a whole bunch of these and handed these out and people were able to read it. Uh, but it was just one of those things that is what we call a hand thing. Okay. We're going to reach their head. Okay. They're going to get information. They're going to learn how to, about the Bible. They're going to learn the, you know, to uh, honor the Lord, all that stuff. We're going to reach their heart. Okay. With just the idea of the preaching and prayer and compassion and touch their heart. And we also want to do something for their hands. Okay. So those are the things that we have there. Let me jump to the next one here on the practical stuff. This is the atmospherics. This is the, the flavor of your church. And you are responsible for that as a pastor. If people come in and your church stinks, okay, and I'm not talking about just uh, uh, the smell. We have an old building uh, where we're at, and we have had the smell of old building. It's almost 100 years old now, so the carpet and the walls and everything kind of that smell. So we try to take care of that with a variety of different ways, make sure it's clean. But I'm talking about just the flavor of the building. When someone comes to church and they go, wow, man, that was cool. We want people to go, wow, when they leave. And this is the how of, of doing the wow, all right? So you got me atmospherics. The atmospherics. The main thing here is what we call hospitality, is that we would be given to hospitality. You as the leader, okay, would be excited and ready for guests. In fact, we have a little statement in our staff room. It says, every week we're expecting guests because we are ready for people. Now, you might have gone to church where they're not expecting guests, okay? We went to church not too long ago. Um, I don't even, I'm trying to think where it was, but it was, it was just really recently. And we walked in and there was no one. And, and it turned out that we walked in, we were uh, a few minutes late for the, the Sunday school time. And when we got there, they'd all broke up to their classes and they were gone. And there was like no one at the door. And we walked up to the auditorium and it was empty. And we could hear some people talking somewhere, but we had no idea. And there was no one there. And it was like, oh, you know, did we just walk into, you know, and we weren't quite sure what was going on. But this is the idea that we need to make sure that we are given a hospitality, that we are expecting people to walk in the door. And by the way, guests, and we always call them guests. They're not visitors here. We call them guests. Guests can come anytime. Now, if you're a church member, you want your people, and you need to be there on time, and you need to be there actually quite a bit early, okay? But guests can come 10 minutes late. That is not a problem at all. They can come anytime they want. They can come five minutes before the service is over because they're first-time guests. That's, a, that's great. I'm glad they made it for five minutes. They can come anytime, and we need to be expecting guests. And so we need to have this idea of hospitality and be ready. Now, we have two sets of people. I'll put them both up here. We have greeters and hosts. And this is an important concept, is to make sure that you have somebody that is greeting people. And first impressions are so important because someone's opening the door and they're smiling and welcome to church. Good to have you here. And that's really all they say. Just, hey, good to have you here. Welcome. Good to see you. You know, uh, that type of thing. They, they open the door. I had a man. 
um, that he uh, came to our church for quite a while. He moved away. We were talking to him once. Uh, he was in another, now in another state. And we we're just talking about church. He said, you know, what sold us on your church. I said, oh, what's that? And he said, we had got out of our car. And we have two uh, young middle school age girls. And we were walking down the sidewalk. And we looked down and we saw uh, people opening the door. And we thought, wow, that's kind of neat. And as we got closer, we noticed that they were teenagers opening the doors. And we saw teenagers being polite and having good manners. And we thought, this is a place that we want to go to because we want our children to see good manners and have good, good role models. And so they made a decision before they even got in the building. Their first impression was walking down a sidewalk, hadn't even gotten the building. He told me, we said, we knew right there, this is our church because you had teenagers, young men, opening the doors and being kind and polite. And that's the idea of having a greeter. The hospitality people also has what we call hosts. And a host is somebody who is more given to the discussion and how are you doing? And, and uh, you know, good to see you. I've never met you before. You're from the area, you know, just kind of, they have the conversation. You can't have a lot of conversation when people are coming in the door uh, or you can end up clogging things up. So you need to make sure that you have some host people and they are assigned to do that. Now, many times, this is kind of what we call the friendly people here. You know, they're hosts and they're ready to talk and all that. We need to make sure that we are not just what often happens is just saying, all right, everybody make sure you're friendly. Everybody greet everybody during the handshaking time. Everybody be really nice. And it's if you don't have assigned people, that can happen. But you need to have assigned people that go and shake hands with people because otherwise everyone thinks everyone else is going to do it. And I have been in churches and you've been in churches also where you walked in and nobody really came up to you. And so what we do is we have people assigned to be greeters and we have people assigned to be hosts and they have a specific duty and where they do it. The greeters are closer to the front door. Uh, the hosts are a little bit further in when we do handshaking time. And then after the service, the hosts are assigned to make sure that they talk to people. Now, if your church has some type of leadership, you have instant people that can do that. You have deacons or elders or whatever they call them at your church and their wives. Just put them to work and just say, here's what I want you to do. I want you to watch for new visitors on this side of the church. And I want you guys to watch for visitors on this side of the church. And if someone new comes in, make sure that you talk to those people. Now, some of you are going, oh, man, I don't have visitors but once in a blue moon. If you keep listening to the ReachKeep.com stuff and you get in our academy and you start going through our coaching, you will have a lot of guests coming in the door, and it changes the way you think, okay, because you're going to have first-time guests on a regular basis. Many, many of our churches, they can't even think of a time when they have not had a first-time guest because they're learning and doing some of these principles that are out there. So very, very important stuff going on. So, uh, all right. So greeters and hosts. Let me give you a couple other things. Okay. Refreshments. Okay. We're moving along here. I want to make sure to get plenty of time for our uh, sort of wrap things up at the end and give you the right, the kind of the secret weapon to this whole thing. That's kind of coming on. So thanks for hanging in there with us. Refreshments are just a way that, that refreshments just really helps people uh, to be around. We have something uh, always at our church. We have... Uh, and this kind of gets to the personics thing, and I'll get to it here in just a minute and show you how we do it. But, well, we make sure that we have bottled water for everybody, uh, that they can do it. Uh, we just buy those little ones, pretty simple. I'll show you how we display them in just a minute. But make sure you have some type of 
of something for the creature comforts there. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, with the little kids, our refreshments, we have the little applesauce things. We have the little juice things for them. And uh, they don't cost, they pay. Okay, or they, yeah, Let's see. They don't cost us anything. They pay. That's right what I want to say. They People, when, when you serve with an open hand, and you give away, folks, you're going to find, you're going to attract people that have the open hand, that they are going to, and one person is going to throw a, a few bucks in the offering plate and boom, all your all your water bottles are paid for for the next year. You know, it's just ha it just happens that way. Be generous. Don't be stingy on these kind of things. So have some nice, nice refreshments. Funny story, I was, when we first started, I was over, I was the donut buyer, you know, I go buy the, the donuts and we we're a small church. I, you know, a couple boxes, we could get it done. Now we have boxes and boxes of donuts, but I was over there buying donuts once on a Sunday morning and there was a lady in front of me and she was kind of picking some out and she was kind of dressed. I said, Oh, you're doing donuts for church. She goes, yes. She says, I got, she says, we, we get them here and then we cut them in half and everybody gets a little half a donut, you know? And it was kind of like, the idea that everybody only got a half really struck me. It's like, I want everybody to have five donuts, okay? <laughs> We've got a big church. Uh, yeah, big in the wrong way. Uh, but I want there to be an abundance. You want there to be leftover donuts. If there's one donut left or there's one granola bar left or there's one cinnamon roll left, you know what? Five people walk by it and not take it. I don't like taking the last one. I feel like I'm, a, you know, taken away from someone else. And so all, what do you got? Five people that didn't get refreshments. You want to make sure you have an abundance. You want to make sure you overflow. Make sure you serve again with the open hand and you give plenty. You give plenty and God will open his hand and give you plenty as well. So refreshments. And then the last one we have on atmospherics is the idea of music and decoration. And this is where you would have good music kind of playing in the background, whether it's a piano player or we just use some canned music. We play a lot of patriotic music. We play a lot of uh, sort of the, the Western theme type of music uh, that's out there, that beef, it's what's for dinner and, you know, some of the uh, those kind of things. We have a lot of that because it helps people be comfortable and they come in and they kind of, and then we play the music that we want them to kind of listen to. We also have a lot of really godly music that we like to play. I'll leave that up to your particular standards. But it's your, but the idea that you thought about it ahead of time and that you had some nice decorations that are thematic, that are not just been up there for the last, you know, year. Don't decorate once a year and leave it up there uh, the whole time. We try to decorate for our sermon series and people that makes the impression they see what's going on. In fact, at our church right now, we have a decoration that's not even a decoration. We have a big uh, shelf up in the front of the church and people are filling it up with food preaches and it's filled getting filled up with cans and breakfast foods and all food drive and we're helping some people out and we there so people are like oh that's but again it's not people got lilies and ferns and all that stuff i'd rather have breakfast sir i'd rather have cans of yams and stuff that we're going to be giving away at thanksgiving i'd rather have stuff we're raising to give to single moms you know diapers and wipes and baby shampoo and all that kind of stuff i'd rather have all that up there it shows that you're relevant and so try to think of things that you can put up in front of your church that people are seeing their decorations that will really uh, help people out so that is the atmospherics and we as a leader i mean as a feeder you feed the flock but as a leader you 
you lead the flock and leading with decorations and music and nice smelling cinnamon rolls and, and uh, you know, bottles of water, all that stuff are, are really good. Let's jump to the last one here before we get to the kind of the final uh, secret weapon here. What we call personics, okay? And this is the physical needs. And this is what I was talking about with the water. Now, I always make sure if I'm a guest speaker up there that I have, uh, a, you know, bottle of waters for our guest speakers. And I like to have one because I get a little dry from, from time to time. But guess what? Your people, they get dry too, and they want to have some water. And so uh, I brought a visual aid here. Oh, okay. Uh, this is, we have bottles of water. These are those little baby bottles, okay? I get them from Sam's Club. We get gazillions of them. And we have a bucket like this sitting in about four or five different places in our church. So people can, in fact, a lot of people walk in like this. They grab two. Okay. Uh, they, uh, they walk in. They can have some water during the service. Now, whether you have coffee in your auditorium or donuts or whatever, that's up to you. Okay. That's your thing. But taking care of their personal physical needs is important. This would include some of the things along the line of they know where the bathrooms are. When you start to have lots of guests, and here, here's the thing. If you got the same 12 people every service, this stuff is kind of frustrating for you, but I'm going to help you have more than 12 people. I'm going to help you have 14. I'm going to help you have 15. I'm going to help you have 18. And pretty soon you're going to have 30. Okay, we're going to try to grow this thing. And when new people come in, you need to say, welcome to the service here. And, and you need to let them know that the bathrooms are off that direction if, if they, they haven't already seen the signs or whatever. You want to make sure you're thinking of their physical needs and make sure that you're, uh, you're, you have air conditioning or heat on or whatever it happens to be, but you're taking care. If you don't have like some nice chairs or padded chairs or whatever, uh, work on that. I remember we had, um, you know, some chairs donated to us and the first batch of chairs donated to us were from a funeral home and they were like bright yellow fabric and they stained terrible. They looked, they looked nasty, but Hey, it's what we had. We were a church plant. And I found out that some of the older people didn't like them because they didn't have the arm things to push down and to sit up. So we went to a Sam's club in Denver and bought about a dozen of the chairs that had the little arms. And so we have those kind of strategically spread out amongst our chairs. So the senior people can stand up easier. And I am beginning to understand why those chairs and armrails are so important. Okay. Yes, I like them. And I would sit in one with arms rather than one that didn't have arms. So making sure that you're taking care and thinking of the physical needs. I was at a church once where right behind the pulpit, there was extremely uh, bright light because they had kind of a, a window that went out to the baptistry. And I don't think the pastor understood it at first. I've been back since and they, they now have put some like opaque glass in there. But while you were listening and watching the preacher, you were being blinded. I mean, it was just really, really terrible. And so they finally they took care of that. But I want you to think about the personal, physical needs of the people that are there. And that's all first impression stuff. It's the tiniest little thing, but it does make a, a deal. Another one here is make sure your children in nursery areas are well marked and people know when they can take kids. You can announce we're going to take children to the ministry or to the uh, nursery at this time or ch children's junior church starts here. But make sure you announce those things. I've been to some churches where 
it, it, if you were a guest, you wouldn't have any idea what was going on. And all of a sudden the kids got up and took off during the third hymn or whatever. And it was like, where are they all going? Another thing about your children's ministry is to make sure that you are staying in contact with the parents. And if people are visiting the first time in your children's ministry, you want to make sure that you get really good information on them. This is some really good information that we have. We get the, their names and phone numbers and all that stuff. We also ask questions, you know, is your child, you know, gluten-free? Are they allergic to sugar or anything along that line? Because we need to make sure that we are protecting those children in the right way. And so we gather this this information uh, from the parents. And we've had parents who like say, thank you so much for asking about my child and his health needs. Okay. They, they have expressed that. So that is a very, very important thing. And when people go and how they check in the nursery, how they check out of the nursery and how they, uh, uh, you know, when it's over, go get your kids right away. Don't get your kids right away. All of that's super duper important. So make sure that you have that. And the last one on Personic is what we just call the participation concerns. And this is the idea where when a person comes to church for the first time, they have no idea, uh, you know, when you stand and do a hymn and when you give and when you, you know, the bucket passes and what you're, and like, for example, we have these connection cards. We tell people to, when to pull the card out and please take a moment now, put your name and information on there share your prayer request. We appreciate it. On the back side of the card, there's a couple opportunities for you to sign up to volunteer for such and such. And we let them know that. And then we say at the end of the service, we're going to pass our, our uh, offering buckets. And if you want to help on our offering, that's great, but please put your card in there. And uh, we appreciate that very much. So we let them know. I also, whenever I have lots of guests and I always say, Hey, welcome to church. Good to have you here. Our service lasts about an hour. Okay. And introduce yourself to I, my word. There's times when I have been up there and the guy stand up and does some introductions like, man, that's a, you know, he's a, he, and, and a little bit later, a different guy gets up to preach. It's like, who is the pastor here? You know, so stand up, say, I'm just the announcement giver here, but just welcome to church. Our pastor will be up in just a few moments to give us some announcements and also to preach our message. But my name is Louie, and we're going to be here for about one hour service. The children can be dismissed and go over to the kids program in just a few moments. We'll stand and sing. And at that time, the children can go and by the way, ladies, at any time, if you need to take your child to the nursery, they're right over here. Our bathrooms are out there. And yes, you can definitely have a bottle of water. Help yourself. It's so good to have you here. Let's stand and sing that first song. You know, so you just kind of really inform them because informed people are happy people. And you want to make sure on this this participation thing that people really understand what they're supposed to do. I don't know if you've ever been to a like Catholic funeral or whatever. Um, but I went to one not that long ago and people were all of a sudden standing up and then they were kneeling down and then they were, you know, quoting, you know, verses and, uh, Hail Marys and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't even know. I mean, they all knew what they were doing, but I didn't know what I was doing. It was un comfortable. Okay. And we don't want people to be uncomfortable in our services. We want to make sure that we're helping them uh, to, to be comfort. So, all right. Hey, let me uh, jump to uh, uh, the, the review here. Information, atmospherics, personics, um, all of those super important. Um, I want to uh, give you though, the kind of the, the main thing that, that really is the kind of the secret weapon of what I call the greatest impactor. And you're going to find this and you find this through sprinkled through all of these things that we just talked about, but the greatest first impression, okay, 
that you that you're going to leave leave is in this particular category. It is you. Okay, you are the greatest first impression. You as the ministry leader. Now it may not be just you, but other people. In other words, your human assets, the humans that are there, are making a difference more than anything else. I can have really clean bathrooms. Okay, I can have really dirty bathrooms. I can have really this, really that. I can have all sorts of different things. But if the person that is there who is in charge has the conscientious forethought and they are loving on that person and they're talking to them and communicating with them, you can overcome all sorts of things. Now, I want you to fix your information. I want you to get some displayers up. I want you to have you know, nice refreshments. I want all that. But I want you, first of all, to be the leader that God wants you to be and to be the personable, reaching out kind of person. And then you say, well, Pastor Mike, I'm not a, I'm not an extrovert and I'm not a go-getter. Well, this is the time to kind of stretch out of some of that and be what you need to be. People need to be greeted well. They need to be to have someone take an interest in them. They need somebody to do that. And you might have to step out of yourself for just those few hours, okay, and be friendly and ask them questions and, and get that. After a while, I think you'll get the hang of it. We've all done things that we're not really that good at. We need to make sure we, we do that. So this is this idea here of the greatest impression are our people. So you not only are going to do this, and I'll go through this in a second and give you a couple uh, thoughts, but you are going to be training people. You're going to make sure your people know what's going on. You're going to be helping all of them do that and, and kind of really be, be ready to go uh, so that they're putting people at ease. Now, I, I was working on these notes last night, and something came to my mind. I thought, oh, I'm just going to type it on a slide here. So I typed in Cancun guy, okay? And I want to tell you about the Cancun guy. My wife and I took our uh, 25th, I think, anniversary, and we flew down to Cancun. You know, you hear about it all the time. It's like, oh, go down there where it's warm. We went down in the middle of winter, uh, So we, and we got out of the plane. It was like, whoa, it wasn't just warm. It was humid. Uh, we do not have humidity where I live, and so it was quite a change. We got in there on a late Saturday night. Our flight got in at like 8 or 9 o'clock, and we got out of the airport. And when you get out of the airport there, you're still like 40 miles from Cancun, and there's all these people. People like, hey, amigo, you know, they're trying to sell you stuff. And I mean, it was just like overwhelming. We managed to find our bus. We managed to get to our, our hotel. We managed to get to sleep well after midnight. And the next day was Sunday. Now, I had made arrangements, okay, in my mind that on church, I go to Sunday. I've kind of done that. That's sort of been a habit since I became a Christian. I'm going to assemble with believers. So I had looked up some churches in Cancun. Now, they're Mexican. I'm American. They speak Spanish. I speak no Spanish. Okay. And, uh, but it's like, I'm gonna try to find one. Hopefully they got a bilingual thing. And I actually contacted one guy and he said, he was a missionary. He said, um, he said, no, don't, don't come to our church. He said, we're not, we don't do bilingual. It's all Spanish. You wouldn't understand the thing, you know, but there are some other churches and he kind of pointed me a different direction. So we had the address of a church that we thought was going to work. So Cancun guy shows up. We hop, we basically, here's, here's the thing. We hop on a bus. And if you've ever been in transportation in Mexico, it's an experience. We hop on this rickety old bus and we're driving, you know, into uh, off of the hotel zone area into the inner city where we think this, uh, this uh, church is. 
and we're looking at our map and we're kind of pointing at it. And a guy from our hotel that was kind of part of the, the system there, uh, he looked at us and he spoke English and he said, are you guys trying to go down there? I said, yes, we're trying to find a church. He says, I'm not sure if you want to go down there. I'm not sure if there's a church there. I said, well, you know, what do you, you know, can you help us? And he said, well, yeah, I know where these streets are and all that. And he flagged down the bus driver. He said, hey, turn, drop us off at 6th Street or whatever, you know, rattled off something in Spanish. So we're like looking, and he's now kind of scooched in next to me and my wife, and we're going looking at this map, and we told him about the story of the one church, and now they gave us the directions to another church. And he says, well, you know, we can try to find it. So a few minutes later, because this guy was friendly and kind and, and kind of nice, it's like, I'm in Mexico. I haven't even been there, you know. 15 hours and now me and my wife are hopping off the bus with a guy that we have no idea who he is and he's flagging down a cab and we hop in this cab with him and we take off into inner city cancun and as we got closer to the inner city it was inner city i mean it was a little bit rougher than what we're used to out here in wyoming it was a little bit different and and he talked to the guy and he said the cab driver doesn't think there's a church down there either but we'll go down and look so we go down there into this kind of really slummy area and all these warehouses and spray paint all over and people just kind of looking at these two you know uh white gringos there in a car with another in the cab and and we go to the address it's like there's no church here and it's like now nah, what have we got ourselves into but this guy was so friendly he said he said listen i'm i'm you know i was raised in san diego i just work down here he says i can help you out he says why don't i take you over to my church and so he takes us over to the other side of Cancun. We go all the way across. He drops us off at a church, uh, and, and he says, I've got to get home, get some sleep. I've been on all night. He says, I come to the evening service, but this is my church, and you can meet him, the pastor and all that stuff. And he introduced us to a couple people, and then he left. And now we're way on the far side of Cancun, and it was just a, an amazing uh, experience. So we found this now this church, and it had like five different services because of different uh, languages and stuff. And we found an English-speaking one and uh, told him that, you know, Ricardo, whatever his name was, it got us, uh, got us there and all that. And eventually we made our way back to our hotel. It was just this amazing experience, but this guy went above and beyond. He didn't have a brochure. He didn't have a, a website. He didn't have anything. He just cared for me and my wife. And he said, you guys look like you don't know what you're doing and I want to help you. And it just really was an overwhelming thing because he was a person that went out of his way. And what we need in our churches is leadership that goes out of their way to love and to greet other people and to help them to understand their, their spiritual problems and your rituals and your routines and your three services and a song and a prayer and a, you know, this and a that. Those things are not as important as the people. We need to make sure Make sure that we understand the most important thing is the human element of this, our people. And so what we want to do is make sure we train them the right way and, and that our informed humans are happy humans. In other words, everybody there knows the information and that your people know that you are trying to reach brand new people and that the number one thing for them would be when someone walks in the door, they are going to be nice and they'll be kind to them and they're going to be loving. They're going to help them, that they're going to be happy humans, okay? And, and they're not in some type of a fuss or a fight. The number one thing that will repel guests from your church, okay? It's not cleanliness. It's not security or sanitation. It's internal strife. If there is internal strife in your church, it will repel first-time guests. They won't come 
back if there is tension in the air. And they can sniff it out just like you and I can sniff it out. Okay, we need to make sure that our people are right with God, that everybody knows what's going on and everybody is, is a happy human and they are right with God. And then last of all, that we have trained them what to do. At our church, we spent all sorts of time training our people on how to receive guests and how to welcome guests and how to talk to guests and how to be friendly to them. And I tell as, as the senior pastor, when I was, you know, you know, the senior pastor, we have a new guy we turned it over to. But I, I said, listen, if I'm talking to you as a you know staff person or whatever, and I see a guest come in the door, I'm going to be talking to the guests. I'll get back to you. You'll be around after the service, but I'm going to go talk to them. And I let people know that they can do the same. That that new people need a, a you know hello how are you and welcome and and you know a handshake and love on them and I'm not talking about overdoing it but just really being thorough and talking to people and getting to know them and finding out what their needs are can I help you and one of the greatest things that I have learned to do is help the moms when they come in with little babies to carry that thing those moms their arms are so tired from toting that baby around and I I run out there and I talk to the moms and I say can I carry your baby? Oh, certainly. And I carry that car seat for them and help them out. You need to be the person. You need to be the leader. You need to be the greeter that is there and not to be absent at the time, the most important time of the service when people are making their first impressions. You need to not be absent. You need to be there. I have a church, uh, several churches I work with that have a a really good habit, but it's really, uh, the timing of it is bad. And here's what they do. About 10 minutes before the service starts, the pastor goes around and he meets with his key staff or he, you know, talks to the men there. He says, hey, we're going to have some prayer. And all the men go into the office and pray. And I remember the first time uh, I did this at one particular church. It's like there's seven or eight and nine guys out there praying, you know, in the office. And they're praying for the pastor to preach. It's like, and that's a wonderful thing. But guys, do not do that five minutes before your service. Do that 50 minutes before your service, not five minutes, because when guests walk in the door, they see what? All women, all kids, no men. There are no men in, in some of these churches. None. Okay. In the, the 10 minutes when most guests are showing up, that is a terrible first impression. You can do that prayer time earlier. You can come up with a different time to do that. I work with some churches where the staff all meets in the back and then they, they kind of come out like the, um, and, and I understand why this is done. Okay. But I want you to think about this. If you're a bigger church and you have a choir and they're going to come out and they're going to sing or whatever, your choir people are some of your most dedicated people. They need to be there and to be talking to people. More important is then your professionalism of your choir people all standing up and marching in just perfect little straight rows, more important than your choir, uh, the professionalism is to be relevant and to be talking to people. And some of your very best people are sometimes tied up into the fine arts and the choir and, and praying with the pastor in his office. And then they all march out and kind of start the service. And you're missing, you're missing the greatest first impression time there is. And you are missing, they are missing you because you are the greatest asset. Okay. You are the one that they, when they connect with you, when you spend time ahead of time with them and the pastor talking to them and getting to know them and some of that, later on, you're going to preach the word and you're going to probably offend them. I mean, with the some of the things of the gospel are pretty stout. I mean, when you talk about some of the sin and all that, they might 
be a, they might push back on some of that. But if you have been loving and kind and you have been the right kind of first impression, you will make an absolute difference in their life. Okay. Because somebody will put up with a lot if they know that they are loved. Okay. So make sure that you understand that you are that greatest asset. You only have one chance to make a first impression. Learned that long ago. And you and I need to make sure that we are making that first impression the right way. Now we are just absolutely out of time. As always, these things uh, really go quickly, but I want to thank you for being here. If you're interested in that training that I talked about, uh, we have this, what we call back to church coaching crash course. This is a personal trainer type of thing. This is me and you at your church helping you do things. I don't necessarily go to every church. I get to a lot of them, but we actually do stuff on Zoom and talk and help you through your particular things. Uh, The address for that is just uh, reachkeep.com, our regular website, and then the word crash, okay, which stands for crash course, not where your church is going. Uh, but I, but our churches could crash, okay, if we don't uh, take care of them. So that's the back to church crash course. And then next month uh, on the 20, what is the 21st here? We will be doing our connection card workshop. Uh, if you're watching this recorded, the times will probably be different, um, but we would love to have you sign up and you can just go to reachkeep.com uh, for that. So uh, back to the crash course thing, if you're interested in personal training, and again, this is uh, some people don't want just a little monthly this or monthly that. They want just some real in-depth stuff, and and, uh, we're here to help you do that. So that's what we're all about. I want to say thanks for being here with us. Uh, This format that we have doesn't really allow uh, for a good set of of Q&A. It's a little bit different kind of a format that we have. Let me uh, quickly scroll through a couple things and see. Uh, if we have any kind of questions. I can't even get the thing to scroll, so the answer is no. Um, But if you have any questions or you'd love to contact me, you can go to reachkeep.com. All our information, the contact information is there. So appreciate uh, appreciate you very much uh, being being with us here. So uh, thank you uh, so much. Uh, For those of you that have hung on here to the end, God bless you. Uh, Go to reachkeep.com, find some of that stuff. If you're interested in personal coaching, we can help. And then, of course, uh, the thing we just talked about next month, we'll be doing this. For our academy students, we will be sending out Zoom links to you uh, coming up here in about a week or so. uh, And we'll meet on the 7th of October and be going through all of your questions and things. And we'll all be on the screen and can talk to each other uh, and, and do some of that. And at any time, if you're one of our academy students, you've got my contact information. Let's get in touch. We'll talk about the particular things uh, that uh, you and I have talked about. Had some great, had a great conversation uh, with a bivocational pastor over in North Carolina the other day, and it's just great to have him on board and helping him out. We've got, like I mentioned, the guy in Newfoundland. We got California. We got Oklahoma. We got the, we got around the world here, uh, Romania and all sorts of of Illinois and Wisconsin's and mid the Midwest. There's a lot of Midwest. By the way, on a trip to the Midwest here pretty soon, I'll be headed out. So, But thank you for being with us. God bless you, um, and I'll let you go. Uh, again, if this is helpful for you, you go to reachkeep.com. You can find all our, our resources there. But uh, we are out of time. I can even hear my little beeper going off on my fancy clock. So uh, God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Take care.